You're listening to a message from Lifeway Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, please visit www.lifeway.church. Now, please enjoy this message from our pastor, Bruce Rhodes. Now, I was going to come out in my boxing trunks, but I couldn't find them, so thought I would save you the, the scene there. <laughs> you know, I like to pray before we get into the Word because it kind of just opens our heart. You know, it's something that, that I like to do before I, before I actually do my personal study or before... Uh, you know, before a service, in a meeting, in a small group, it's always important to pray so that the Holy Spirit can illuminate God's Word to us. It's not something that we comprehend with our mind. This is something that we, we open our heart to understand. We have to understand with the heart. So let's pray. Father, thank you for an awesome time in your Word today. Show us things that we've never seen so that we understand things that we need to know. So that we can go and do things that we've never done yet. Thank you, Father, for changing us from the inside out. By your word and through your spirit. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. All right. I'm going to have to really talk fast today because there's so much uh, territory, real estate, to cover in such a short amount of time. Today's, the top, the title of today's message is Overcoming Strongholds. So you'll notice if I get a little bit tongue-tied, it's because I'm trying to say 20 words and when I should say just two. So bear with me as I get this rhythm going here. You can tune in uh, with your device or your mobile phone by going to lifeway.church forward slash today is 11-11-18. That's how you get to the notes. Overcomer, week one, overcoming strongholds. There it is on the screen. How about that? The media, media department is doing so much better than what I'm doing right now at the moment. But we'll catch up. Look at the scripture, guys. First John. First John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. This is the, the New King James Version. For whatever is born of God. Who's born of God? That would be me. I believe that I'm born of God. How do I know that? Because the Bible tells me so. And I believe what the Bible says. Whatever's born of God overcomes the world. If I overcome the world, then I may what? Overcomer. This can be interactive here. So if, if I'm asking questions, you can answer it. It'll be good. We're learning. This is a classroom. This is a classroom taught by the Holy Spirit. I just happen to be facilitating right now. So you can respond Anytime. And this is the victory. Everybody say victory. victory. That's, a great, that's a great word. If you're a Georgia fan, you're celebrating today. Hey, go dogs. Maybe we'll see the championship game. I don't know. But listen, nobody plays a game to lose, right? This is why God created a bunch of victorious Christians. We want to have the victory. We want to overcome. God didn't call us to fail and flounder and just give up, right? Nobody likes the loser. We all like the winner. We want to be the winner. And God has called us to be overcomers. So that's what this series is, is, is about. 
we have to see it from his word that, that, that he's designed us to celebrate the victory. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. He gave us our faith. He wants us to overcome. He wants us to succeed. He wants us to have the victory. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got the victory. Now, maybe it doesn't feel like you have the victory today. But it really doesn't matter how you feel. It matters what God's Word says. Right? This Bible has to be more important than what your feelings are. Now, I have feelings, and this morning I didn't wake up with a feeling of victory. Especially when I looked in the mirror, I didn't see victory. <laughs> I had to do something to, 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 to just be halfway good with walking out looking in a certain way. So, who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Listen, there, that, that's one, one qualification of overcoming the world. Believing that Jesus is the Son of God. There is such power in believing that Jesus is the Son of God that it, it can put you in a place to overcome the world. That's powerful. This one scripture can, can make you happy in about two minutes if you just dwell on it and think about it. Think about how God wants you and how he's designed you to be full of faith, to overcome the world, to have the victory. And so that's what we're going to be talking about for the next three weeks. That was a pretty good introduction, right? We're going to be talking about strongholds, about the mind. Today we're going to get into the mind. Into, I'm going to get into your mind. It's very important because people today are, are experiencing mental illness like never before. It's breaking out all over this earth. And nobody knows what to do with it. I mean, even the doctors, even the scientists, even the, those that prescribe the pills don't even know what to do with mental illness because it's at such a rate where people just go off the deep end and commit mass murders and horrendous things all because they're ill in their mind. But God's Word talks about how to demolish strongholds. And then in the, in the next two weeks after this week, we're going to talk about fear and failure. And it's things that we deal with. So these are important topics. This is an important series. So I want you to, to, to be up on the edge of your seat and receive everything that God has for us. Listen, there's overcoming power in you. God did not create us to just put up with things and cope. Cope is such a lame word. Cope. Well, just, just cope with it. Just cope with it. That, that, that almost sounds like you're signing just a, a, a death certificate, right? Co just cope. Just cope with it. It's something you got. Just cope with it. No, God called us to rise up and overcome. Amen. Overcome. Overcome means to succeed in dealing with a problem or a difficulty. Now, if God has called us overcomers, then he has called us people who succeed in dealing with a problem or difficulty. It also means to defeat an, an opponent and to prevail. That's why well, it, it just does something for us when we experience a victory. You, you, you think, wow, we've, we've been challenged. We, we took 
took the challenge, we went up to the test, and we overcame. There's a certain amount of satisfaction when you overcome, right? And God wants us to overcome. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5 talk about the strongholds in the mind. So let's look at this verse in, in kind of a new light. You know, when, when we get to a, a verse in the message, we kind of read the address and then we kind of read it like we've always read it. And maybe you've read this a thousand times, but I want you to see it with new eyes today. Look at this scripture. In the NIV, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4 and 5. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. In other words, God has given you weapons that the world doesn't have. You have weapons. It says, on the, con- on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. The weapons that God has given you have divine power to demolish strongholds. I'm going to make a statement right here that maybe you believe, maybe you haven't ever heard, of, uh, heard it before. But all of us have strongholds. You may be thinking, well, I'm a person of faith and I've been walking with the Lord for 20 years and I've overcome a lot of things. But listen, you still have strongholds. You still deal with toxic mindsets. There is still things that you deal with in your mind that you need to break and demolish and obliterate. Whether you've been walking with the Lord for a day, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, we still deal with strongholds of the mind. But we have power and we have weapons that the world doesn't have in order to demolish those strongholds. It says we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought To make it obedient to Christ. This is a very important subject. Because if if the enemy can influence your mind, then he can cause you to do things that you wouldn't normally do. Again, back to the illustration of mentally ill people acting out things that are irrational against people who have not done just innocent people mass murders it's a result of mental illness so this this speaks to this this verse specifically speaks to this strongholds deal with our mind A stronghold in this verse is defined as a toxic mindset that becomes a fortress in our mind like a wall. Now, a fortress that is guarding, maybe in your mind you can think of a castle, and there's a a fortress around it. Guarding, it does two things. It keeps things in, and it keeps things out. And the strongholds that the devil is, is designing and building in your mind are designed to keep sin in and God out. Right? God desires entrance into your mind. 
And so in order for God and his thoughts to come into your mind, there's some strongholds and some walls and some fortresses we have to demolish. Can you see that? Can you admit that in your own, in your own life, in your own mind, in your own life? So these strongholds operate in the mind and their intention is to influence the flesh. Because a thought not acted upon has no power. It's when you act on that thought and you give power to that thought with your action that it actually accomplishes what the thought was designed to do. Right? So strong, strongholds, let's, let's try to identify whether, whether we have some strongholds here or not. If you find yourself stuck in cycles, certain cycles, you're like, ah, I'm doing this again. Oh, wow. I, I can't believe that I'm, I'm, I'm doing, this, doing this again. How about substances? Substance abuse. Addictions. How about people? Wrecked relationships. And, and there's a wake of destroyed relationships in your past. There's, that's an indication of strongholds in your mind. How about uh, unrealistic expectations? Failing to meet your, your needs. If you're always disappointed. If you're never satisfied. Now it's getting really quiet in here. I can, I can feel it. These are indications, guys, that there are strongholds that we need to be aware of so that they can be dis dismantled and demolished. You know you're dealing with a stronghold when you keep doing the thing that you don't want to do without even thinking. You may even say to yourself, what was I thinking? Have you ever said that to yourself? Or maybe somebody real close to you. If you're married, maybe it was your wife or your husband, right, that said, what were you thinking? That's just the whole point. You weren't thinking. It was this automatic action that happened without you thinking. That's an indication that there's strongholds there. If you look in Romans chapter 7, verse 18 through 21, Paul said this. He's identifying this cycle. Look, for I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature, for I have a desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but the evil that I don't want to do. This I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. Sounds like Paul's kind of like confused or something, right? He wants to do good, but he can't do good. But he's stuck. And sometimes we feel that way, right? Like, man, why do I keep doing this? I said I wasn't going to get angry. I said I wasn't going to say these words. And here it is. I did it. Does anybody else deal with that? <laughs> it's an indication that there's strongholds. Listen, 
It's not wrong to admit there's strongholds. But just admitting that there's a stronghold there doesn't solve it. It doesn't demolish it. We have to back up and we have to go back to the scripture that says God has given us weapons that the world doesn't have. And those weapons are the things that, that give us the power to demolish the strongholds. We don't win a spiritual battle with natural methods. So I'm going to make a statement here that you need to take notice of. This is kind of controversial. I'm just kind of setting it up. People go to counseling wanting help. Now, that's good. But counseling in and of itself doesn't provide the help. The help comes from the truth of God's Word. Because in counseling, you may be able to identify a problem... And the root of where that problem came from. But you need the power from the weapons that God gives in order to demolish the stronghold. If you don't take the power of the truth of God's word to demolish the stronghold. Then all you're left with is knowing where your problem came from. And then blaming the person that made the problem in your life. Right? A lot of people go to counseling and they identify. They go through hours and hours and hours and hours of sitting on the, laying on the, uh, on the couch or sitting in the chair and hours and hours and hours getting down to the root, getting down to the root. And they identified that it was their father. Okay, so they don't know where their dad is or their dad's in heaven or their dad died and went to hell. But how does that solve the problem? We're still growing up and blaming our dad. We need to take our heavenly father's truth and demolish those strongholds. Take responsibility for our thoughts and learn how to control our mind. Okay? Our mind is the battlefield. We can't talk about strongholds without talking about how... To do battle in your mind. How to do battle in your mind. How to overcome. I want to say one more thing before I get into how to. But uh, strongholds are not addictions as some might say. Addictions are the fruit of a stronghold. You know people will say well you know, I just want to be delivered from dot dot dot. I want to be delivered from smoking. Smoking is a stronghold in my life. I come down to the front, somebody prays for me, and I, I want, I desire that smoking to be broken from my life. It's a stronghold. No. The smoking is the fruit of a stronghold in your life. Nicotine, pornography, I'm going to talk about a few of those. But I want to say that, that, that a stronghold is not an addiction. A stronghold is a mindset that begins with lies that are accepted and believed. That change the way that you think. It's not, it's, it's not like you're saying, I'm just, I'm just not going to believe a lie. It's not like you can just say, I'm just not going to be, believe a lie. 
you, you have to recognize this specific lie for what it is and capture it and cast it down with God's truth. So strongholds affect two areas of our lives. Number one, the attitude. And number two, the actions. These strongholds affect your attitude, which you deal with heart issues. Pride. Narcissism. Which means narcissism means everything revolves around me. I'm the most important person in the room. I want everybody to listen to me. I'm going to interrupt every conversation because I want to be heard. When people walk up and they say, I'm sorry for interrupting you. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's a stronghold there. You know what you're about to do. And I can prove that in James. I would like to take maybe a, a 60 minutes there to prove this. But in James, and it probably needs about 60 minutes to prove this. But in James, it talks about bridling the tongue. A mature person bridles the tongue. That's why, as parents, you need to teach... This is Parenting 101. You need to teach your children how to sit and be quiet until there's a time for them to talk. Right? That's a sign of maturity. If you let your child just do anything and everything that they want to do, they will interrupt everyone. They will be disrespectful and rude the rest of their life. Can I get a good amen? So, the, the, the strongholds affect our attitude, which are heart issues. Uh, you can see it in worry. You can see it in being controlling. I have to have control of everything. I'm worried about everything. Busyness. Just busy, 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 busy. Can't even sit down because just busy, 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 busy. Contention. Just contending. Somebody says something. No, it's not. No, it's not. In, in houses where there's a lot of contention, nobody wants to stay at home. They all get old enough to get their own car and they leave. Right? I'm hitting on a few hot buttons right here. I can tell. But listen, it's related to strongholds in the mind. In the mind. Because we can't control our thoughts. And because we can't control our mouth. And because we can't control our actions and our attitudes. How about perfectionism? How about negativity? There's a stronghold there. And you can say, well, my dad was always negative. My mom was always negative and blah, blah, blah. But listen, you're an adult now. Don't blame everything on your parents. It's time to learn how to control our mind, control our actions, control our words, and deal with these strongholds. God's given you the power. Remember, he said you have weapons that the world doesn't have. You have power to demolish these strongholds. The, the second area that strongholds affect is actions. And this is where you see outward addictions, such as food. That's a real big one. That one always goes over real good. Food. Let me spell it. F-O-O-D. Well, I'm going to go on a diet next week, next month, next year. 2019 is coming up, so I'll go back on a diet How's that working out for you? What is your ability to say no to something you just have to have? I just got to have it. Hey, I, I live it. I had to kick the carbs back in April. And when I did, 20 pounds went, went off. 
And so I'm, I'm just telling you what I've dealt with. I didn't think I was addicted to carbs until I started hearing the carbs calling me. Hey, you know we're in here. Come over to the cabinet. Crackers. All the crackers. I'm talking about, I'm talking about $5 a box crackers. I, 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 was, I was addicted to the high-priced, whole-grain, gluten-free crackers, carbs. But, you know, whatever your addiction is. Shopping. That's always a good one, too. Shopping. Strongholds. Social media. And then we have the heavy hitters. Drugs and sex. Alcohol. Nicotine. Pornography. Listen, all of these are just symptoms of the strongholds. So, what we're learning this morning is that we have the power. Everybody say, I have the power. I got the power. God gave us the power to capture and cast down. There's there's three steps in this, but the first two are so important. You have to capture your thoughts. That means you have to think about what you're thinking about. Think about what you're thinking about. Here's a quote from Dr. Caroline, Caroline Leaf. God designed humans... To observe our own thoughts, catch those that are bad, and get rid of them. And I believe that she got that from our scripture here in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. But you know, we have to think about what we're thinking about. And that's a key. You have to stop yourself long enough to say, what, where did that come from? What, what is that thought? Where did it come from? And now what am I going to do with it? Am I, am I going to continue to allow it in my mind? Am I, am, I, am I going to give it value and allow it to stay there? Or am I going to cast it down, to demolish it? And so we have to judge ourselves. We have to capture it and make it harmless. We have to bind it up and render it ineffective as if to handcuff it. You know, if I was handcuffed, I would be rendered ineffective, harmless, right? You have to stop and Sergeant Scott, Can you come up here and give us a demonstration of this? Let's see. Who can we pull out of this audience here? I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Come on up here, Sergeant Scott. It's you have to take control. Now, he has authority. You know how I know how he has authority? Because he has a forty caliber... Uh, on his and a badge, and I can identify that he has some authority. So, if you were going to render me ineffective and harmless, what would you do? All right. Oh wait a minute! Now we gotta go. Oh. Okay. Okay. I've been like this before. 
in a, a citizen's police training classroom when my wife was taking a citizen's police, uh, citizen's, yeah, police academy, and my wife handcuffed me and threw me down on the floor. Yeah. They got a, they've got a picture of it, and that wasn't good enough. She put her foot on my... <laughs> so, now, you're not going to put... No, you, you're not going to put your foot on me, are you? <laughs> so, I'm pretty ineffective, and I'm rendered harmless. I mean, I could run, but I think I can't outrun his gun. Or the taser, yeah. And I've been shot with a taser before, so I don't want to run. But we have to capture our thoughts, guys. We have to say, stop in the name of the law. And we have to give precedence to the word. Right? We've got to take the word and say, stop in the name of the law. We, we arrest you, we detain you, we find out your ID, where you came from, whether you're allowed to be here or stay here in this mind. <laughs> this is pretty hard. I think uh, I'm definitely rendered ineffective at this point. Thank you, Sergeant Scott. Uh, the sooner you get that off, the better. All right. Okay. You'll not forget that illustration too soon, right? But you have to recognize a lot. You know, people don't capture their thoughts because they don't recognize them. The devil disguises himself. He'll take a lie and kind of weave it into the truth. Or, you know, if you're going to poison a dog, you don't put strychnine poisoning in his dog bowl. You mix it in with his food a little bit. And so the enemy tells you, a white lie. Listen, there is no white lie. It's a, it's a bold-faced lie is what it is. Or there's no half-truth. It is a full lie. Right? So we, need, we have to recognize. Everybody say recognize. Until you see the patterns of thinking that have built up walls in your own mind that influence your words and actions, you will struggle in those areas for the rest of your life. You've got to recognize it. You've got to capture those thoughts. You know, the Bible says that we should guard our heart. That word in the Hebrew, to guard, means to attend to. Attend, attend means to take care of and to take charge of and to watch over. That's what God told Adam to do. Tend to the garden. Take guard over it. Watch over it. Guard your heart and your mind because you're responsible for your own heart. You can't ask God to help you guard your own mind because he gave you the power to do it. You have the power to do it. You can't ask the Holy Spirit who is our helper, but it's not God's job. He will help you do what you start to do. Right? You choose to do it, and he will remind you. That's a good prayer. Lord, remind me that in my thinking today, I need to think about what I'm thinking about. I'm reading that book by Dr. Leaf. It's a new book that's out. It's called Think, Learn, and Succeed. It's a really excellent, excellent book. 
So how do we do this? What does this look like? Look at Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. Ephesians 6, 10. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, it says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand. Stand firm there, therefore, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith which with, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And so God has given us his armor. It's strong armor because it belongs to him. It, it's, it's effective armor because it belongs to him. But he's given us the responsibility to take up that armor and to put on that armor daily to stand against the attack of the devil, which the, the attack of the devil are, are fiery darts, are thoughts that come against us day after day after day after day. And so we have a shield to hold up to catch those fiery darts. And that shield is so powerful that it extinguishes the power in those darts. If it's a fiery dart, it needs to be extinguished, ex- extinguished, right? And so our shield is so effective that it extinguishes the fiery dart. What is that shield? It's the word. That's why it's so important that you know the word, that you're familiar with the word, because it is a weapon to extinguish the thoughts from the enemy, to capture and cast down, to prove the lie is a lie. How are you going to recognize the lie if you don't know the truth? And so we have to recognize the lie, capture it, guard our heart, and then we have to cast down. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 in the Amplified Bible. I'm going to give them a second to put that up there. 2 Corinthians 10, 5 in the Amplified Bible. Kind of amplifies what we're talking about here. For inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Just like Sergeant Scott came up and took me captive. He had the authority and the ability to lead me wherever he wanted me to go. We take every thought that comes against us captive and lead it where it needs to go. If it's building us up, if it's causing the truth of God to be magnified in our life, 
then we dwell on it. We rehearse it. We keep the word before us day and night. Joshua 1.8 says, if we meditate on the word day and night, we're going to have good success. If we meditate on a lie day and night, we're going to have good failure. Right? So it depends on what you meditate on. It depends on what you allow in this headspace of yours. This is why it's so important that you control all of these things that are addicting us. That you shut yourself off from these things. And you purpose to hear the voice of God. You purpose to set your mind on things above. Set your affections and your mind and your heart on things above. And be consumed with the truth of God's word. You know, we have to replace those thoughts once we cast them down. And we can't just stop having bad habits. I'm just not going to do that. I'm just not going to do that. No, you have to replace it with something. When I was coming off of sugar, I made a deal with myself. Self, here's what's going to happen. Every time you think about eating something with sugar, you're going to go get a cup of coffee. It's a substitution. And some of the programs that are trying to teach you how to kick the habit will teach you that process of substitution. Again... It all points to what? How powerful the mind is. Right? We are a spirit. We have a soul and we live in the body. Part of our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. Those three parts make up our soul. And so we have to be healthy mentally by renewing our mind. I'm going to get to that scripture in just a moment. But we have to replace... God's thoughts with the thoughts that we've cast down. Right? Look at Romans chapter 6 and verse 16. You you can't just say, I'm going to try to do better. No, you have to have something powerful enough to to motivate you to do better. Romans 6.16 says, Don't you know that when you offer yourself to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God. Though you used to be slaves to sin, you've come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. How do you become slaves to righteousness? Obey the truth. Obey the truth. Righteousness comes from the truth. Right? Right standing, right living, right acting comes straight from the truth of God's word. We have to be concerned with putting more truth in our life than the negative and the lies that we have been living with. Right? If you grew up in a house where everybody told lies, you grew up learning how to tell lies. And you don't know what the truth is. And so to you, there, there, there is no reality. But that's where you came from. Here's what you've come into. Jesus is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. Becoming born again. 
can open your eyes to the truth in just a second of time. The scales can fall off your eyes and you can begin to see clearly today. You can come out of strongholds that have been having, having you bound for years and years and years and years. I've seen people transform from death to life that quick. It almost seems like they're a, a, a new person. Because there is a remodel job that happens <laughs> up here in, in, in the mind. A transformed mind. It doesn't happen all overnight. But the start of it is when the power of God becomes part of who you are. When your spirit becomes reborn. We're going through a remodel job here in the building. We had to demolish some things, remove some things, so we can put some new things in. It's a process. It's a process. We've got to move out the old so we can move in the new. Moving out the old so we can move in the new. If you've been dealing with thoughts... Today, if, if, if you've been awake at night with some nightmares and, and dreams, we're going to pray at the, at the very end. But it's, it's a, a, a symptom that there are strongholds in your mind. God can, can cause those strongholds to be broken as you, as you take in the truth of God's Word. Why, why does the Bible call, call itself a two-edged sword? Sharper, sharper. The word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. Because the effective weapon that God has given us to destroy, demolish, lies, strongholds that, that live in our mind. We have to move out the old so we can move in the new. So there's benefits, guys. Three benefits of, of overcoming. The benefits of overcoming are we do, in our overcoming, we develop a determination. We develop a determination. You need to be determined today to overcome this stronghold, these strongholds that have held you back from what God has for you. Hebrews 10, 38 and 39 says, But my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. So as we pursue freedom in our minds and demolish these strongholds, we develop a determination that cannot be swayed, a determination that takes us to the goal that God has before us. He's called you to run a race. He's given you a goal. And he wants you to accomplish and he wants you to be victorious. He wants you to overcome. Everything that's been coming against you, God has designed you to overcome. James chapter 1 and verse 2 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. It's perseverance. Our wrong definition of patience is like, Okay, I'm just going to sit here and be patient until this storm passes. And our definition of patience is we're just not going to do anything and see what happens. Or we're going to pray that God do everything and I don't have to do anything. And In fact, I'm entitled because God loves me so much that I really don't even have to do anything. No, God says, here's my armor. You put it on. You guard your heart. You guard your mind. You stand watch 
over what goes in because what goes in and stays in affects everything in our life. We've got to be diligent. We have to persevere. We have to know that when the enemy's testing us and when there's tests coming against us, is to try to knock us down, get us to sit down and just patiently wait, which is a lie, guys. Sitting down is not being patiently waiting on the Lord. If we're patiently waiting on the Lord, we're still persevering. There's still a faith driving us forward. We may not be able to take a step yet, but it's working, it's working, it's working, it's working, it's working. Breakthrough is working even when you don't see it. Steadfastness, this determination is a steadfastness in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. We develop this determination. The second thing of overcoming is we develop a personal trust in God. A trust in God. Personal trust. Psalm 18.2 says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5, uh, Paul's talking to Timothy and he says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith and a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And now I'm sure it dwells in you as well. How did Paul know that Timothy had that faith? Because he saw it with his eyes. Timothy didn't have the faith of his mother and his grandmother because he relied on his name. He didn't inherit their faith because he was born into their family. He had to develop his own faith and trust in God. And so when we're overcoming these strongholds, we're overcoming the fear, we're overcoming the failure, we're developing a personal trust in God that cannot be shaken. A personal trust in God. You need a personal trust in God. Do you trust God more today than you did last month and last year? And then the third thing, third benefit of overcoming is a visible victory. Visible victory. When we overcome, there's a visible victory. Revelations 12 verse 11 says... Now, they triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. This is a victorious scripture because we overcome. And that, over, that, uh, that victory is seen. It's felt. It's tasted. That's why we use these terms. The taste of victory. I could taste it. I could taste it. I could feel it. Yeah. We love it because we've overcome. We're gaining in confidence and strength and trust in God, not ourselves. In God. God has given us, back to our verse for today. He gives us the power to demolish the strongholds. You don't have the power in and of yourself. God gives you that power to demolish the strongholds in your life. So when people see you how you've overcome a tough situation. It's undeniable that there's something in you that puts you over. And it won't be very long until they're asking you, how do you do that? I mean, how do you deal with what you're dealing with and still have the joy, 
still have the faith and the trust in God. You're not blaming God, you're trusting God. Listen, we're not, we're not just strong people who, who have, we, we have a strong God who lives in us and helps us to overcome. So if you're here today and, and you haven't experienced victory and you're still dealing with, with strongholds, I'm, I want to pray for you. There's things that we're all dealing with. There are challenges that come against us constantly. But God is there giving us the victory. As, as, as we walk, as we take a step, there's victory. As we take another step, there's victory. Listen, we, we need to celebrate the small victories. We need to see God working in our lives. We need to put on the armor every day. Encourage each other to put on the armor. You got your armor on today? Yeah, man, I got it on. I took the time. I stopped what I was doing this morning. Took my armor. I'm suited up for success. I'm looking for God to break this thing through. Listen, I, I've, I've made mistakes myself, gotten myself in places that I shouldn't have been. But when I turned to God, He was there to give me the victory. That's His grace. Doesn't depend on you because it's already depended upon Him. So I want to pray for you if you're dealing with something right now, heavy duty. Maybe you've been dealing with thoughts. And you thought in your mind you would never get to that place. But you're there. You need to recognize it. You need to take, take it captive. Bring it under the subjection. You're dealing with failure. We're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. But the enemy says you'll never, you'll never be anything. You'll never do anything. That's what your dad always taught you. That's what he said. You, you, you're good for nothing. You'll never... No. I capture that. I arrest it in Jesus' name because Jesus made me a victor. He's made me an overcomer. He's called me to... He's made me special. He's given me purpose. He created me in my mother's womb. He knows the plans that he has for me. They're plans of good... Father, I just pray for everyone in here right now. Whatever we're dealing with, the, the thoughts that we're dealing with, Lord, expose them in Jesus' name. With your truth, by your spirit, show us these patterns, these mindsets that are toxic. Reveal them to us and show us in Jesus' name. Thank you for giving us the weapon of your word to capture these thoughts, to expose the lies. Father, I pray for every person that has, has been dealing with depression, suicide. In Jesus' name, Lord, shine the light, open the door, break through. In Jesus' name. Strongholds be broken in Jesus' name.
Father, show us the next step, the next step, the next step, and the next step. Pick us up. Fill us up. Be encouraged. Be strengthened. Take hold of the word of God that God has for you. Your days are not finished. Your days are not over. You're valuable. You're precious. God made you. He believes in you and he has faith in you. He loves you with an everlasting love. He calls you by your name. He knows the very hairs on your head. He created you. God has a plan for you. It's for good. It's for success. Father, I thank you for speaking to every person in here today. Whatever we're dealing with, show us. Show yourself. Manifest yourself strong in every life and every person. Thank you. Jesus' name. While everybody's heads bowed, every eyes closed, is there somebody in here that needs to make Jesus the Lord of your life? If you've never prayed, you never accepted Jesus as, as your Lord and given your life over to Him, you need to do that today. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or come up to the front. That, this is as a decision that's between you and God. This is sacred and it's important. The most important decision you will ever make in your life it comes from your heart, but it does come out of your mouth. So we're going to pray a very short prayer. Listen, they're not, they're not any magic words. There's a cry from your heart of faith that you need Jesus and that you accept him. So if you'll just repeat these words with me or some words like this while I pray. Heavenly Father, I give you my life. And I thank you for sending Jesus. I believe that he is the Son of God. I believe that he came to this earth to die for me. And right now, I make... Jesus, the Lord of my life. I accept him for who he is. And I accept salvation as a free gift. I give you all of me. And I take all of you. Change me and use me for your glory. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. If you'd like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, you can give online by visiting us on our website at lifeway.church forward slash give. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. And remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this.